Through Exile is a new podcast that desires to provide a different message from what is present in modern society. True hope can only be found in Jesus. As part of that hope, we as Christians must be exiled from the world's way and believe that through Jesus, we now are citizens of heaven. This citizenship is guaranteed because Christ has already proclaimed victory. Hi, I'm David. Hey, I'm Matt. And we are Hope Through Exile. This is our first ever episode, so I'm really excited. You excited, Matt? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So this is episode one, and what we want to do is a little brief introduction of ourselves, and I will let my main man, Matt, get started. Uh, If you want to go ahead and just give a brief introduction of who you are, a little bit of history behind uh, yourself, and just a holistic picture of who you are. My name is Matt. I am married. I have a little two-year-old girl at home who is amazing and who's a terror one minute and the biggest princess in the world the next. (laughs) She's two, but it's awesome. I wouldn't trade it for anything. They don't change. (laughs) (laughs) But I I am, uh, I'm just loving being her dad is one of the the greatest things. God has has blessed me with. I'm so in love with it. And I have a uh, 19-year-old son who had just graduated from high school. I uh, I work as a custodian. I'm going to school to get my ministerial credentials. I'm feeling the call of God in my life to become a minister. So I am pursuing that. I want to dive a little deeper into getting to know you. I know you've come from an extensive background where you've pretty much changed your entire life. Like when I think of repentance, I think of you. It's a complete 180. So can you just describe how you've done that 180 in your life? I have a story where Jesus just came in and rescued me from a trail and a path of destruction that I had left in my wake in the wake of anybody I came in contact with. I had lived my life for so long in all the wrong ways, and it all culminated in anxiety and panic and depression. And I was at a point of no return where I was going to die. And I was either going to commit suicide or I was going to die from drugs. And how that started was I had been partying for so long and just drinking beer and smoking weed on the weekends. And then it culminated into something where I was doing it like every day. And and I was trying to, to ease the anxiety that was in my heart that was coming out. I just had really bad panic attacks all the time. So I started drinking and then I got prescribed a pain pill and realized that pain pills could take away my anxiety. So I started taking those and before you know it, I went from pain pills to heroin and it's kind of crazy because when I started pain pills, we were living on an island, like on a beach on an island in Florida. We could look outside and see the beach every day from our windows. It was just amazing. Before you know it, we had sold everything that we had had. We had moved back to Ohio, sold everything that we had had so that I could fuel my drug addiction. We had nothing. Our lights were off in the little tiny apartment we had. I had nothing at all. Moved back to Florida trying to run away from my addiction. It chased me like just a rabid dog nipping at my heels. I couldn't escape it. And I ran into some people that were um, bad news, man. I mean, these people would kill you. And uh, and we got into some different things where we would we would scam people and steal and stuff like that to fuel our addiction. And we would sell stuff to dealers at really discounted price for drugs, that kind of thing. And uh, at that point in my life, I was doing heroin, crack, meth, coke. I was driving down 95 in the middle of the night chewing fentanyl patches. And I had bought drugs in the worst areas of Jacksonville 
and I've bought meth in the backwoods of Florida, dirt road kind of places. You know, I tried everything to kick it and it ended up being me and my wife who was clean at the time and five dogs and a car for three years. And uh, I was on methadone trying to get clean and nothing worked, nothing worked. So we were homeless and we met this couple that were in a squatter's house and we didn't know it was a squatter's house at the time, but it was just a vacant house where homeless people had lived and we started paying them rent. And, uh, you know, there were people that died right in front of us from overdoses and there were roaches everywhere. And it was just this horrible, horrible, dark place and a dark time in my life. I was close to death. I was in and out of jail. It was bad. It was really bad. It got to the point where a dog would bark and I would freak out thinking the cops were coming to get me. And then, and then one day they did. Six cops in a canine unit showed up at the door and they arrested me. They didn't tell me why. And I'm sitting there in a jail cell for two days thinking that I had done something really stupid when I was high and I was going to go to jail for the rest of my life. Like I, I thought I was done. Jenny, my wife, just being this just ride or die chick, man, like she was sitting there with me the entire time through this addiction and she bails me out of jail. And I'm sitting there in that squatter's house for three days after that. I'm just having the worst panic attacks and I could have in my life. And um, something tells me to turn on a Billy Graham special. So I did. You know, God was the farthest thing from my mind at the time. Like when I thought of God, I thought of judgment and why would God want anything to do with me? Because look at the way I live my life. Like I'm sitting there lying to my wife, the only person that loves me and is there for me. And I'm lying to her. So I turn on Billy Graham and he's preaching, man. I mean, he's throwing fire at me, like talking about if God doesn't want to judge you, God wants to forgive you and he wants to give you a new life with a new purpose. And I'm starting to fall apart because I'm like, how could God not want to judge me? And how could God want to, to give me a new life? Look what I've done. Like right. I've been horrible. There's no way God wants to bless me. That's crazy. Mm. In between Billy Graham preaching, like Lacey Sturm was on there and she was giving her testimony. She was talking about how she was going to commit suicide. And somebody from the church like said, hey, God wants you to know he loves you. And that just pulled her out of this. And she gave like a powerful testimony. And I'm not doing it justice by the little tiny part that I'm talking about. But she had said that when she gave her life to God and he just totally changed everything. She had said that God doesn't want to give up like on you. God is too obsessed with love. And she said obsessed. And God used that word in just a powerful way in my life. And I'm hearing the gospel that Billy Graham is preaching and it's starting to move and it's starting to shake these these walls in my heart. And before you know it, at the end of that, that thing, I'm just a mess. And I'm like, all right, God, if what he's saying is true, that I can give you my life and you'll give me a new start and a clean slate, then I'm yours. If you can do something with this, this existence that I live that just feels pain and has caused hurt to everybody I know and can't do anything with this addiction, then take it. It's yours. And uh, I gave my life to Jesus that day. And it's, it's crazy. You know, I didn't, I didn't really feel too much different right then at the time. I just knew, I knew what I had saw on growing up. The enemy kind of is really good at pointing stuff out to you. The enemy and culture kind of points out to you. If you're not living a Christian life, if there is any kind of hypocrisy in the Christian life, the enemy is very good at pointing that out to you to keep you away from doing that. Oh, absolutely. So, yes, yes. So, so I, I saw that and I was like, I don't know how to do this right, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to say I'm going to live this life and then not live it, you know? So I right then said, I'm not going to do drugs anymore and just gave it up. I didn't really feel any different. I stopped doing drugs, but I wasn't going through withdrawals, which was crazy. 
And then two days later, it was July 19th. I gave my life to Jesus July 17th. July 19th, we come back from church. The pastor was given this sermon about how if you just give your life to Jesus, there's no reason to have anxiety or or panic. It was just nuts. It was like he was looking right at me. And I'm like, dude, seriously, were you in like my house spying on us or something like that? Because this is crazy. (laughs) And uh, he was looking right at me and Jenny and we both left there. And I was like, I'm not a crier, but Jesus turns me into a baby. I cry all the time when it comes to Jesus because his love will just rock you. And I consider myself a tough guy, but when it, when it comes to him, man, I'm, I'm just a softy. So I left there crying and we go back and I'm sitting in that squatter's house, that place that there had been death and roaches all around it. And I gave my life to Jesus there and I'm sitting there after we get back from church. And all of a sudden it was like I was hit with this just wave of love. It was like I was surrounded by love. I had love in my heart. All of a sudden I felt Seriously, I'm not exaggerating, like 50 pounds lighter, like physically lighter. And what I think it was is that I felt the weight of sin leaving because I had been saved. Jesus nailed it all to the cross. Oh, that's incredible. I felt like a new person, a new creation. All this chaos and anger and panic inside of me, just gone. It was still. It was like a hurricane in the middle of the ocean, and all of a sudden it flatted out. It was just amazing. Like, that's yeah. the way I felt. I could really smell better. Like, I could smell better. And, and people say, well... It would be easy to say, I guess, well, that's because you're not doing drugs. You quit doing drugs a couple of days ago. But the thing was, I've kicked numerous times. It was nothing. Okay. I've done every drug out there that I can get my hands on. And I've done them all at once. And it doesn't hold a candle. It can't touch that feeling of being right with God and being in his presence. It's not even close. Not even close. If they sold God's presence in pill form, nobody would ever want another drug ever again. They'd be <laughs> searching for that. Dead serious. So ever since that day, and I can go on and on about that experience with God, because it was just my life changed that day. Ever since that day, like I I started pouring into the Bible, I had a Bible there and I was reading it till the pages came out, man. We moved back to Ohio and I started living my life the right way, the way God wanted me to live it. I started searching in his word and learning like how he wanted me to live my life. And the crazy thing is, is that I haven't been doing it by myself. It's like God's Holy Spirit, which is there to, to teach you and to correct you and to show you how to live that and to empower you yeah. to live that life. Yeah, absolutely. He changed my heart. He gave me that. It says um, that he will remove the heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. And that's exactly what happened in me. Like all of a sudden I had a heart that wants to know God, that wants to live for God and wants to love him, wants to follow him. And the Bible says that before that moment, my heart wouldn't want to do that until God came in and, and makes us born again. And so these past five years, I've been giving my life to God and trying to live it in such a way that it pleases him, you know, and uh, I've seen what he's done in a life that is given to him. Like he, he's totally changed everything about about my life, even before the drugs. Like I couldn't I couldn't keep a job before I had met God. And, and I've, I've had the same job for over four years. Right. Which is, yeah, you're working full time now. Yeah. And for an addict to keep a job for a month is is something special, you know, but to keep a job for four years is out of this world. You know, I've been clean since that day. Just God just took it all away. They don't even have a pull on me anymore. There, there used to be a day that I would think I would never be able to turn away drugs, but like, seriously, they could put drugs in front of my face right now. And I wouldn't even, in fact, in fact, two days after I got saved three times in two days, People had tried to give me drugs, like tried to give them to me. And that doesn't happen in the drug world. People don't try to give you drugs and I turn them down 
And that is just amazing to me because that would have never, ever, ever happened. I wouldn't even thought about it. I would have been like, yeah, give them to me, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but, but God, and that's a beautiful thing, but God just intervened and he just changed it all, man. So yeah, he's showing me how to be a better husband, a better worker. I have a little girl now and he's showing me how to, to be the dad that she needs me to be, how to fight for my son. It's just, I I've been incredibly blessed by God since he's, he saved me and redeem me. Just the fact that I'm in here talking about God at a radio station. Like if you would have told me that five years ago, dude, no way, no way. It would, it would, <laughs> it would have never, ever happened. Like I would have laughed. I would, I would have like, there, there'd have been no way that would have been something I would have do. He's just, God has, has been so good to me. So that's, that's where I'm at now. That's where I'm at now. That is incredible. This podcast is being sponsored by Hope Has Risen. Hope Has Risen is a drug recovery ministry where Jesus, hope, and recovery can coexist. We are committed to meeting people right where they are, whether they are seeking recovery or are family members of those in active addiction. If you or someone you know is seeking recovery or just wants to become a part of our community, visit hopehasrisen.org or on Facebook at Hope Has Risen. Thanks for Hope Has Risen for supporting this podcast. It's just incredible to think that God's power can be so powerful, so immensely powerful that it, it can take a person that is so immersed in drug addiction, completely ruining their lives, right? That is just, just so caught up in it that cannot see the world falling around them. And then all of a sudden... In one moment, you're on the path to completion, to wholeness, to to setting things straight, to setting it right. I mean, I I didn't know the you before, who you are now. But looking at you now, seeing who you are now with your wife, with your daughter, never, never would have imagined that there was a prior you that is what you described. When it's described as when you accept Jesus into your life and you're died of the old and you become new, that is you, man. There's, there's no, there, there's not even like a, a piece of scab, a scab or a, a little piece of shred of skin or something like that that is, that is left, that is of you or old. You're completely new. And it's incredible to see. It's incredible to see. So awesome story, man. It's a great testimony. I've, I, I think I've heard it like five or six times. And it's, it hits me every single time I hear it. So with that, I'd like to talk a little bit more about myself because I like myself. Uh, no, no, just, just kidding. But really, you know, my story, it's, it's amazing how we got together, really, how we connected because my story is a bit different. And the fact that I was saved when I was 10, you know, my dad, he, he was at a conference and he made this commitment with God. You know, he, he needed to get through PA school. He was in the Air Force at the time. And he was like, God, just help me get through PA school. And I, you know, I, I will commit to you. And ended up, God helped him get through PA school. And then he's at a conference and he's like, okay, I give myself to you. And he raised his hand when it came time to give that commitment. And I felt it. I was like, okay, I'm feeling this. I feel like this is the right thing to do. Committed my life to Christ uh, when I was 10 years old. Didn't truly know what it meant. I just knew it was the right thing. By the time I was 13, got baptized. At that point, I had a better understanding. 
been living for Christ since then, had ups and downs. Uh, I think uh, every teenager kind of experiences that, except for my kids. For some reason, they are exceptionally good. I am truly blessed. Uh, I got three kids and uh, I got two boys. Those two are uh, teenagers now, and it surprises me how amazing they are. I'm just incredibly blessed. Uh, I think it's more my wife that uh, helps with that than I do. But we've had some valleys. We, we, we've had some peaks. Uh, but realistically, you know, having that just just amazing God moment where I'm just like, yes, and I dive right in and I'm like, yeah, all in. No, no, it's that's not been it for me. During those valleys, I've had some like real hard hit times similar to your story where it's like, when I find myself at the lowest point, and I've been to a point in my life where I felt completely alone. I mean, I had resources and stuff like that that I could go to, I'm sure if I actually reached out to them, but I, I literally felt alone. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to reach out to anybody because I was so ashamed of myself and what I'd done. But that's where God met me. I seen God in a, almost in a true type form. That's where I really felt his love. It's because everywhere else I felt like I was going to be judged. Because here I am supposed to be this Christian man or this Christian person. And I felt like I'd let everybody down. And everybody was going to cast some sort of judgment on me or was going to look at me differently. Sure, my mom and dad would be like, okay, yeah, we'll let you in. But there was always going to be a condition. You can't do this or you can't do that because they'd been hurt by me or somebody else was anybody else I reached out to. There was going to be a condition. However, God was unconditional. He was like, I love you just where you're at. I mean, granted, nothing like your story, but I felt that love and that love changed me. And and no matter how many times I did fall, and I, I can honestly tell you, like every time I fell and it's become less frequent, thankfully, but the amount of times that I've fallen I have learned over and over and over again, God's there. God's there every time. I can rely on him. He's going to get me out of this. And over the years, I've been able to learn, like, I could trust in God's love and his ability to embrace me and correct me and help me without having to go through those valleys sometimes. <laughs> so that's, that's helped at least through that aspect. But yeah, man, and just hearing stories like you, where you show true repentance. I think that also brings a lot of hope towards uh, my future because I know it can be done. So I don't have to, I don't have to sit here and go, well, dang, uh, you know, at some point I'm going to fall again. I got to rely on God. No, no, that's not true. I just need to keep my focus on God. So I went through college and I studied social work and learned about a lot about drug addiction and all that other stuff. And I know like as simple as it is to, to sit there and go like, yeah, quit drugs day one. There's always temptations. As awesome as it is, like, God, boom, took it away. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. There are other people out there I know, and I'm sure you can relate. Temptation doesn't go away. God pulls us through those kinds of things. Absolutely. It's kind of crazy you say that about all you got to do is just keep your, your focus on God and he'll take care of the rest if we just keep our focus on him and don't take it away. Don't take our focus to the left or to the right. You know, you talk about stumbling and that kind of thing. That's a beautiful thing to be able to admit because when we admit that we, we stumble, we're in good company. 
Because, I mean, if you look at the Bible, I mean, is there is there anybody that didn't besides Jesus? You know what right. I mean? Yeah. All through, it starts with what? We get three chapters in before we start messing everything up. Fall of Adam <laughs> and Eve, you know? And then it's it's right on, like, through there, through Genesis, Exodus. It's like God is constantly like, are you guys serious? What are you doing? Yeah. And it's it's constantly us going one way and God saying, no, back here. This is the way we go. This is the way we go. We can get into Moses and David and all through them and see what God has done in these people's lives of, of people who have, who lived and did horrible. I mean, goodness gracious, you look at what David did, horrible things. And God redeems them and sets them back on the right path. That's kind of like a big story through the Bible of what he does with his people. Like their heart tends to want to go one way. And then God says, no, back this way. But he's always there to bring them back, to welcome them back with open arms. Like you, if you look at the, the story of the prodigal son. That's a good one, by the way. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, I love you, one. you know what's crazy about the story of the prodigal son? If you look at it, like I'd always saw myself as the prodigal, the one that had went and spent everything that God had given him and just like went and ended up eating with the pigs after I was done. Yeah. And then I came crawling back to God and God welcomed me with open arms, you know. And I was, I was that guy. I've noticed that sometimes we all have the tendency to be the brother also. Because the brother's like, are you serious, dad? You're going to welcome him back. Like, look at all he's done. The brother forgets, I think, that the father has lavished all these graces and goodness and everything on him. And he's got it too, but he doesn't want anybody else to have it if they messed up. But I mean, goodness gracious, if you, if you realize like how much grace has been bestowed upon you, we have no right to look at other people and say, why would you possibly forgive them for what they've done because i mean people do horrible things and god constantly says all right it's cool come back i'm forgiving you for it i nailed it all to the cross you know yeah. what i mean yeah it's that sense of entitlement i think yeah and some people get so just to kind of wrap things up here i want to talk about what we have in store just looking forward to the rest of this season that uh, we're looking into i know you have lined up some special guests we're going to hit some hard topics so I just want to get your uh, brief overview of the season we have to look forward to. We got a little taste of who we are. Now I'm looking forward to what do we have in the future? Awesome. So, yeah, we've got Hope Has Risen coming on. The girls from Hope Has Risen, Amanda and um, Sarah Beth, are going to come on and share their story about their ministry and what they do with the work of Jesus in the addiction field. And uh, what they do is amazing, and we just love what they do. Brian from First Heaven Metal Church, the pastor, is going to be coming on and talking about what he does. We're just so thrilled to have him on here because he has an awesome ministry. And then we're going to get into why our hope is in Jesus. And we, we touched a little bit earlier about how if we, we just need to keep our focus on him. And right now in the world, it's easy to take your focus off of him and put our hope in different things. So we're going to get into why our hope isn't in elected officials or in vaccines and that kind of thing. Our hope is in Jesus. And we're, we're going to go more in depth than that and in the upcoming episodes. Well, thank you, Matt. And I am David. And we are Hope Through Exile. Join us next week. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us for the Hope Through Exile podcast. Hope Through Exile is made possible by the generous support of Hope Has Risen Recovery Ministry. Find out more about their mission and get involved at hopehasrisen.org. The Shine FM Podcast Network.